Good morning and greetings from the land of 11 nations. Or as everyone else says, Wisconsin. I am doing fantastic and I sincerely hope everyone else is as well. Well, with so much going on in the world today, it seems that there always is so much going on in the world today. I was thinking that maybe, just maybe we could spend a couple of minutes together and just shut out the, all the noise from the larger societies and just focus on our little piece of this world. See if we can't figure out how to move our nation forward in some capacity, be it legally, culturally, or economically. Just move it forward a tiny fraction today and a little more tomorrow. First of all, I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you who spend some of your valuable time listening to this podcast. Time being the second most precious gift that our Creator has bestowed upon us, it is of the utmost importance that I value your commitment and provide you, the listener, the highest quality entertainment I can provide. I really enjoy listening and reading the commentary that you, the listening audience, provide us here at the podcast. The give and take, your ideas and criticism shared openly are extremely valuable to us here on this platform. As an open platform, we welcome and encourage Ho-Chunks to share your thoughts, your ideas, and your views. State your criticisms and then back it up with some well-reasoned facts. If I'm wrong in the thoughts that I've spewed or the information I've used is incorrect, help a brother out and point out the mistakes. Now, don't just listen passively. React. Call, write, and express yourself. Voice your opinions. As I just said, this is what this forum is all about. Too few of us stand and give voice to their thoughts in a meaningful, respectful, and well-reasoned manner. If all you do is listen to others, you're missing so much of the value that our creators bestowed upon you. Now, if you want to get in touch with me, ring me up if you have my number. I'm in my office pretty much all the time, so invariably I will answer that call. Now, I know I just said invariably, but once in a while I'm not going to be able to answer. So leave a message and I will return the call ASAP, if not sooner. If talking on the phone isn't your thing, text me if you have my number. Now, if you don't have my number, fear not, fellow traveler, we can still make this connection. Try my email. It's moneycucksick at gmail.com. That's M-A-N-I-K-A-K-S-I-K at gmail.com. I think I'm a thousand percent at answering emails, even rude ones. Now, if email isn't your thing, the podcast is almost on all social media sites. We tend to post quite a bit on the Chipotle Facebook page. Not always original thoughts. Sometimes we'll just share information from other sites. LinkedIn I try to use quite a bit. Lots of interesting people and activities going on. A lot of it above my pay grade, but I still visit it quite often. Instagram, my nemesis. Truth is, I'm not too photogenic. I'm like an old-time taxi with all the doors open, but... I know you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, so I'll aim to do better. I like the format of YouTube, both shorts and regular. Gotta work on the writing and editing, though. And finally, 
Twitter. Man, oh man. Wading through the garbage is darn near a full-time job. Not a, not a lot of original thoughts coming from Wongshik's on the site. We have so many issues from our own house, but we spend a large amount of our time commenting on other issues in an attempt to be relevant to the current political climate. You be you, but I think it would be better if we focused on Wongshik issues in general and Ho-Chunk issues in particular. Well, we just had a general election the other day, and we elected three new, legisla- three new legislators to the legislature. Congratulations to the people who won, Darren Bradinger, Rodney Rave, and Robert Funmaker. And congratulations to those who participated, Sarissa Rickman, Samantha Day, and Amanda Cora. We all know the kind of crap that is going to be heaped on the individuals who won, so thanks for doing what you're doing. Now, also on the ballot was a secretarial election to clean up a little language with our Constitution. The requisite number of participants needed for the amendment to pass was 1880. Nation fell a little short with a total of 905 ballots being cast. According to a post the election board had, there was no reason to announce any vote totals as we achieved only a 14.45% participation level. A tidbit short of the 30% necessary to effect a change. Now, if we take a quick gander at our last three election vote totals, let's see, 1,208 votes this March for our primary, 911 for the April runoff, and 905 for our general election this past Tuesday. I think the 1,208 total was just over 20%, while the other two totals hovered around 14 We noticed something very alarming. For the most part, and this is just my layman's analysis from looking at the numbers, but uh, it appears really nobody gives a crap about our government. It's so weird because I darn sure hear a lot of squawking from large segments of our population about the quality of our representation and the decisions that they make. But then I look at our participation levels and it solidifies my opinion that no one gives a crap. Here's the rub. If this were some local, state, or federal election, there would be all kinds of people, all kinds of money spent on advertisements to get the vote out. People would be knocking on doors. Flyers would be in everybody's mailbox. There would be all kinds of notices on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube on the upcoming election. All kinds of grassroots indigenous organizations would be thrashing the bushes in an attempt to get the vote out. Native American Voting Rights Project, Four Directions, Native Vote, and Native Vote, to name a few. National Congress of American Indians made numerous, numerous advertisements and kicked in a couple of bucks for those efforts. But like I said, those are lake, local, state, and federal elections. Nothing for indigenous government elections. But we don't really have a get-out-the-vote grassroots programs, do we? How come? Now, I see a lot more notices from the election board and individuals posting online about voting. And this warmed the cockles of my heart. Didn't do any good, though. But I'm happy that people are trying. Why should I give a hoot? Why should any of us give a hoot? Because any time I talk to Wongshuks of any nation... One of the things we always say is we've been here long before dirt. And we have been. And yes, a lot of horrific stuff has happened to us in the past. 
and a lot more could still happen to us in the future. So we have to take our present position very seriously. I hear a lot of talk about how this large society political construct isn't who we really are. That we are a government of clans and hereditary chiefs. Our clan structure is more important than this president and legislators. Maybe. But we have to prove it and live it. And unfortunately, we're doing neither. My position here is not to challenge the Ho-Chunk Nation's political structure. My position here is that we have to do something and we have to have overwhelming participation. If we want to do away with our constitutional form of government and go back to our clan system, so be it. But we better have 100% buy-in from our constituency. From California to Florida, from Germany to Japan, every whole chunk, man, woman, and child has to begin to participate in the governance of our nation. Why? Because those attorneys and law firms who are attacking us in the U.S. Supreme Court via the Holland v. Brackeen case will not relent as long as they are deep-pocketed, there are deep-pocketed individuals who view our relationship with the federal government and all that goes with it as discriminatory against the larger society. Our population of 7,800 is barely the population of a small Wisconsin town. The difference being, we are a sovereign nation, but we have to act like it. A heavy responsibility goes with being sovereign. It's not just getting federal grants and extra money because the U.S. has treaty obligations. None of our people came to this country seeking a better for life. None of our people came to this country in boats as slaves. We were born Ho-Chungs with a long history, a history that started long before the large society moved in and begin, began dictating rules. We all know this, and we bear heavy responsibilities to our posterity. We are responsible for today and tomorrow. All we can have, all we can be, all we have can be taken from us in the blink of an eye. What to do, you ask? I don't have any concrete ideas except for the obvious. We have to take the government we presently have and take it and take it seriously. We have to participate. We have to ask questions. We have to demand answers. Our government has to respect the people they represent and answer the difficult questions. Explain why decisions were made. Show the logic and who benefits. Not every decision will go your way or my way, but we just want to know why and how. We just had our general election the other day, and it was sparsely attended. I realized that we may have had only one race for some voters, and for others, all we had was a secretarial election. I remember parking my semi a block away from the branch office and running over to cast my vote for a tribal court seat with only the one candidate on the ballot. I remember driving over after work and missing the time constraint by 20 minutes. We should all have stories of us rushing over to vote, not being able to remember where you put your absentee ballot and you got to mail it today so it gets there on time, or how you spent all day driving seniors and people who didn't have cars to the polls. I want to hear stories about people going to people's houses and advocating for candidates. These elections are serious business. It's not just local, state, and federal elections that matter. These whole chunk elections affect our lives a lot more than the other three elections. 
Our future as a nation is at stake, not just per cap and a Christmas bonus. Our future, not just big law firms and attorneys, the whole chunk nation's future is at stake. 14.45% of our voting population is not going to cut it, people. Welcome back to Ho-Chunk Amy Madison, where the action's really heating up. Yeah, Jerry, let's go down to Tina and see what's happening. Thanks, guys. We're here with Cheryl and Craig, and they just won a huge jackpot. What are you guys going to do with all that cash? We're going to go to Fiji. I'm going to see my mom. Hi, Mom. They're going to visit Mom. Maybe they'll take her on vacation. Oh, it looks like a great day for Cheryl and Greg. Hey, I wish I could join them. Yes, Disruptor, a company or form of technology that causes radical change in an existing industry or market by means of innovation. For over 60 years, we've been threatening to create new businesses to help our people. For 60 years, we have failed to achieve anything close to creating new businesses for our people. The businesses we do have, we have been successful with for two reasons. One, People love to gamble, and we're able to scratch that itch for people. Two, the industry is heavily, heavily regulated with rules and regulations that must be strictly adhered to. So, even though we are constantly rearranging the deck chairs and fighting each other for the steering wheel, the Leviathan that is Ho-Chunk Gaming keeps floating in a positive direction despite all of our interference and attempts at self-sabotage. We must thank the gaming industry and the federal government for applying layer after layer of regulations that we must follow to a T in order to keep our golden goose alive. Left to our own devices, we would have run the SS Ho-Chung Gaming aground years ago. So, we do the diversification dance every couple of years, and a Ho-Chunk citizenry knows that nothing will come from it, and the legislature and the OOP will quickly forget what they said, and the money set aside for the latest venture will quickly dry up, and soon we'll be back to square one. We need a disruptor, a real and honest disruption to our fiscal and bureaucratic house. Now, I'm not advocating blowing it up. I'm looking for someone or something to come in, pick us up, and shake the loose change from deep from within our pockets. Where will this disruptor come from? I don't know. It'll have to come outside of our entrenched bureaucracy, though. We'll have to come outside of our legislature and the office of the president. It will have to come from outside of the large law firms that help steer the nation. First off, let's define our terms so we all know what we're talking about. The opening sentence of this diatribe was the definition of disruptor, a company or a form of technology that causes radical change in an existing industry or market by means of innovation. I would like to add not only a company or a form of technology, but an individual with a change of mindset and drive. Let's quickly acknowledge that the largest disruptor on the horizon for indigenous people in the U.S., the Holland v. Brackeen case before the U.S. Supreme Court. If the decision goes against us, we are looking at the fundamental building blocks of our societies being swept away. Do we have 
disruptors in indigenous societies? If we do, where are they? When you look at indigenous societies and indigenous, indigenous intelligentsia, you see how far intertwined they are with the larger society. So many, many of our programs are funded by the federal government. Our largest industry is regulated by the federal government. Quibble over the semantics, if you will. But the Fed sits in the big chair where Indian gaming is concerned. And to quote Paul Atreides, he who can destroy a thing controls a thing. And the federal government controls gaming. So many programs, symposiums, conferences, and summits are simply the federal government laying out programs that are available to indigenous, indigenous peoples to apply for. After gaming, the largest federal program being used by indigenous people is the Small Business Association's 8A programs. Last time I checked, that's still the federal government handing out money. There are numerous other examples of indigenous peoples being tied to the federal government from healthcare, housing, and education. I can go on, but what's your point, you ask? These things are ours by treaties, signed by our people in the U.S. federal government, and ratified by both houses of Congress. No, no, I agree. It just seems so weird and hypocritical that all the smoke I see and hear about settlers and colonialism, and here, some of us, a lot of us really, Take that settler and colonial, colonial Judah happily. I condemn no one. Now, I did throw some shade using the word hypocrite, though. For taking the Judah, I simply point this out to show how deeply ingrained that larger society has infiltrated into our way of thinking, or infiltrated our way of thinking. This is why we have to have disruptors, both politically and financially, we have to seek these individuals out and embrace them, nurture them, and attempt to learn from them. Let's look at disruptive technologies and keep the politics at bay for a second. What is disruptive technology? Disruptive technology is an innovation that signif significantly alters the way that consumers, industries, or businesses operate. A disruptive technology sweeps away the systems or habits it replaces because it has the attributes that are recognizably superior. Now, if we go far enough back in history, we see disruptive technologies early. Language, fire, the wheel, writing, the printing press. Continuing forward, we see longitude, electricity, the automobile, and television. Recent examples of disruptive technologies are computers, phones, e-commerce, GPS, and AI. Let's review. A disruptive technology supersedes an older process, product, or habit. It usually has superior attributes that are immediately obvious, at least to early adopters. Upstarts rather than established companies are the usual source for disruptive technologies. Fine, let's all agree that this is what disruptive technology is. Does it mean teaming up with another indigenous nation and opening up a pot shop down in Linwood? No, not really. No, I mean, it's something, but no, no, that's not disruptive. It's simply we have to shake the lethargy of 60 years and do something today for us, all of us, all 7,800 of us, 
have to sit down and embrace a change of philosophy. We cannot accept our failures and the inactivity of past years. We have to look at the present and the future in each of us. We have to take a step forward. Okay, there's this farmer from northern India named Jadav Payang. He noticed the effects of deforestation all around his home. Flooding, barren land, animals leaving the area. He decided to do something. For 40 years, he cut branches from trees and planted them. After 40 years, his forest is now 550 hectares large, or 1,300 acres, larger than Central Park in New York. His forest. After many years, wildlife returned to his forest. Elephants, tigers, rhinos, and deer. He has even begun farming the land that he salvaged and he is now in the process of writing a book on how to plant trees. Disruptive technology? Absolutely not. But his thinking and his philosophy? Disruptive. One small step every day is something we can emulate. If you put the two together, we have something. I mentioned Jadav Payang because his success was recognized after 40 years Disruptive technology takes time to develop, implement, and then become widely accepted. As the saying goes, overnight sensations take years. Our government, both legislature and OOP, are deeply entrenched in a bureaucracy that is of their own making. Therefore, I think that our disruptors will come from outside of our nation. We already have individuals that are excelling in their chosen fields but are not really excited about returning home. And at the same time, we have individuals here at home who are not too excited about successful Ho-Chunks displacing entrenched bureaucrats. One opportunity we have presently is 12 clans. While not disruptors per se, they are an outside organization not beholden to legislatures. And the OOP, or large law firms who help direct the Ho-Chunk Nation, Could we see change come without coming from 12 clans? It'll be a struggle. Funds 12 clans requested from the nation have been chopped by 25% already, from 22 million down to 15 million. And with the new legislature coming aboard, there's talk of a forensic audit and dissolution of our Section 17. So, we are back to looking outside the nation. I understand we have a lot of naysayers when it comes to business creation. All they do is look in the rearview mirror and point to all of our failures and say our businesses and our people will never amount to anything. When a reporter asked Thomas Edison, how did it feel to fail 1,000 times? Edison replied, I didn't fail 1,000 times. The light bulb was an invention with 1,000 steps. Many of life's failures are people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up, said Thomas Edison. Today, look at your dreams and begin working on them. Your dream, your work, could be the reason our nation becomes a success. The Ho-Chunk Nation Department of Business Development could strike gold with the implementation of an idea. Twelve clans could begin a whole line of businesses that supplant our gaming industry. Two Ho-Chunk women could launch a vegetable processing plant that revolutionizes food processing throughout North America. Disruptor, a company or form of technology 
that causes radical change in an existing industry or market by means of innovation. We, the 7,800 people of the Ho-Chunk Nation, have to become disruptors to our own government. We have to examine the present conditions of our nation and strive to make it better. Remember, overnight sensations take years. Disruptive technologies just doesn't spring up. Compound interest takes years to compound. The secret is you have to start. The secret is we have to start. At Ho-Chunk Gaming in Wisconsin Dells, we're making some changes. Adding a whole new look, a new feel to our gaming floor and hotel reception area. Redesigning it with you in mind. A new casino experience in gaming excitement. That's Ho-Chunk Gaming. Make it a day or an entire weekend. Come see what we've been up to. Visit Ho-Chunk Gaming in Wisconsin Dells and experience the difference. The rumor du jour is that the nation's citizen will be receiving a $1,000 check from the nation before the end of the month. It is unexpended funds that need to be allocated before the end of the month. I heard two big numbers. One was $114 million and the other was $200 million in unexpended funds. I don't know if either is true, but either way, that's a huge number in unexpended funds. I double-checked with one of my reps, and it was confirmed that all will be receiving this money, the $1,000, not the $114 million. I don't know if this includes minors. I guess we'll find out, though. A question I asked then was, what happens on July 1st? If this is one, if this $1,000 is from the calendar year, uh, just finishing fiscal year 2022-23, will the nations be receiving a per cap payment, a general welfare payment, or nothing? I was told that the budget uh, isn't final, and I guess I'll find out when the legislature finds out and informs us. Okay, fair enough. So I got another question. If we had that much money laying around, there were a lot of programs that didn't have that uh, didn't have enough money to meet their requests at the end of the year. An elder was talking to me about elder roofing. The specific department allocated enough funds for ten elder roofs last year. Somehow during the year, that got cut in half, and so the remaining five roofs, elder roofs, were scheduled to roll over to fiscal year 2023-24. Well, that makes sense, I guess. The specific department asked for $350,000 from the nation. The legislature came back with $200,000. So, we have between $200 million and to $114 million in unexpended funds. And our legislature is going to short-arm elder roofs for two years in a row. Well... I'm sure our legislature knows what they're doing, and I would look foolish if I was to assume anything untoward our elders. So, hey, $1,000. Cool. Cool beans. Hanach pi narajiwina, jige honey chawigi, hira kikara un wionjeh.